Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hey, welcome in to On My Block, a Green Bay Packer podcast with myself, your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall, man. Mike, how you doing? I'm great, AG, man. Good to be here after another Packers win, bro. Yep, of course, another big win. Um, and I say big win because it was a Seahawks team that was like, it was a question mark because you don't, you know they're good, but having Russell coming back from the hand surgery, 37 days, they, they must have announced it like 37 times when the mm-hmm. game started. But like 37 days since his surgery of when he was throwing the ball, got his uh, middle finger on his throwing hand hit by the defensive player coming at him and he's out here throwing the ball. So that like the biggest things for me and I played, you know, I played baseball and I, and I knew how to, so throwing the ball is certain fingers that you don't want 
to get damaged to throw the ball. Obviously, one is your thumb, and then one is like any other middle finger. So either your middle finger or your ring finger, like your, your index and your pinky, you can kind of get away with that. But those three fingers right there, the thumb, what a thumb is a thumb, but then the two fingers, the middle and the and that ring finger are important because that's gripping. And then kind of that thumb guides the kind of guides the ball when you flick the ball out. So that was my question was how, you know, will he be, you know, trying to throw that ball and obviously trying to protect it. Cause I remember the few socks that the Packers got to him early. He kind of just gave up, you know, he didn't, he wasn't going to fight out of it. He kind of just, you know what, let me just protect myself and the ball. Let me just give him be a dead duck in the water. I'm, I'm sacks. I'm not going to try to spin out of this thing as we've seen him do before in other games in previous games, you know, when he is healthy. So I thought that was interesting. Um, he was being smart about that, but I know as a competitor, it was probably frustrating for him. And I don't say definitely for, uh, I say play calling, you know, for offensive coordinator there in Seattle, what he can do, you know, what plays can Russell throw, you know, what plays can Russell run with his legs to, to be effective with it, you know, knowing they playing against a solid defense right now in Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably, <laughs> I think that's probably always a frustration with their play calling with their entire offenses mm-hmm. is what plays they're going to call that he's going to actually execute on schedule. You know, I, like going back to the finger thing, I, I thought it was so like I, everyone self-promotes in a different way. Like he he's a I don't know the guy. He seems like a really decent human. Right. But yeah, he, I think he's putting out like hype videos when he's coming back. Like I heard like people yeah. send me stuff and I'm like, what is this? I was like, did he really put that out? Like it's like he's yes. he's he's really, really into it. And um, when you hear just so for like people who are listening, like general, general fans and casual fans like. When you tear a ligament or you have to have a, some sort of ligament surgery, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a finite amount of time that your ligaments have to heal because there's less blood flow than it is in like a muscle tissue. And there's certain things that you can do, obviously, to, to speed that process up, whether it's, yeah. whether it's you have stem, you have some regenerative, you you're doing like you're doing the pl- uh, plasma. Uh, yep, I've uh, done the plasma for my hamstring. Yeah, you, you, I mean, the there's, plasma there's ways to speed these processes up, but. Yeah. It's almost like this whole thing was kind of weird in the sense that they kept bringing it up. Oh, it's a, they were like six to eight weeks. No, no, eight weeks minimum. And it's like 37 days. It's like there's only so much you can control. And so right. clearly like we're all lying on television. If it was a minimum of eight weeks and he got it done in 37, like he's not magical, right? Like you right. Just, you're, you're going to get this, these treatments. And because he has the ability to get treatment all day, every day, because of his position yep. in the world on the football team, et cetera, you can go get ready. That's, I mean, he's, it, it was, I guess what I'm saying is like, this is kind of what you would expect from an elite level athlete who plays quarterback for an NFL franchise to come back and do everything he can to get ready. And I mean, congratulations to him for getting ready, but like I, the whole thing to me just seems so overblown, like yeah. great. You're back. Like, let's make it not about your finger, not about you. Let's make it about the Seahawks Packers. And, and it really kind of plays into, if you look like the whole, like, I don't know who, I don't know if you like coined the term or trademark the term, like let Russ cook, but like, that's not, that's not a real offensive system. Like let Russ cook. Isn't a real, that's not a real thing, man. Yeah, like, that's, 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 that's like playing in, uh, you know, drawing up the plays in the dirt. That's what that yeah, sounds like to me. <laughs> it's it's absolutely crazy. And you think about it like I just look at it from an offensive line's perspective. Like it would be so difficult to block in a let in a let Russ cook system, right? Because you don't know yes. where he is, you don't know how long he's going to hold it. And like we'll talk about this later, but like I'm not. If you watch that game, you watch every single pass play. He's either throwing it outside or he throws it deep down the middle or deep to the sideline. 
Bro, I don't think he can see over his line. Like, I think one of the reasons that all this happens, you never see, like, a dig route. You never see a one, two, three, four, five across the middle on, like, a stick or something. Like, you don't see those routes coming at him because I don't – maybe he can't see. Maybe it's like the Drew Brees thing. Like, he doesn't see those those alleys as well as, right. as maybe he could. But, and I think yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great it was a great win. But, God, it, that whole thing to me was just so overblown. Yeah, and to that point, you know, the defense probably knows that. You know, he's five. He's not even six feet. So he's like five, nine, five, eight, somewhere in there. And the defenders probably know that. Defensive coordinator knows that and say, hey, push the line, keep it even, and keep your hands up um, to make sure he can't make those routes that are over the middle. Some of them over middle routes, um, you know, a stick route that sits in, and the receiver just sticks there because they know it's zone. He can't get to that route. Like you said, the the over the outside routes, the deep routes is where he can see the receiver coming clear over uh the that that 10 to 15 yard range. You can start seeing downfield better um as a quarterback, or I say any player for that matter. Um, but I but I was started, started with I know with Seattle's defense early in the game, um they were in their physical. They were, you know, and most teams, you know, most teams, good teams, any team really starts the game really good and they were physical. It was a lot of balls that were broken up by you know, man coverage. And then on the once the ball got there, the, the the defender made the contact. So it was legal plays where it wasn't no PIs. A few PIs early, but dislodging the ball from Lazard early, um, a couple of DBs there. And then, you know, some of the referee calls actually weren't no calls. It was like letting them play. And I remember early, and I think it was first half for sure, one that uh, Lockett got away with. He, he did an NBA flop. On a, on a pi, <laughs> I was oh, down, they, yeah down the right side. Yeah, down the right field. side. I was terrible, like, huh? yeah, it was terrible. But that you know, from a defensive side, like Seattle's defense came out, you know, hitting hard, playing leverage, plans trying to play smart, trying to make sure they bracket uh, Devontae and a lot of like, like you about to mention a lot of man man stuff, which I think is good. You got to have that, you know, at the top level. You got to have DBs that can run all day with these wide receivers and these tight ends and these different formations and all the mixed mixed direction that a lot of these offenses do today in the NFL. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I from my perspective that I think Seattle's defense is you take away Bobby Wagner, who's uh, you know, surefire Hall of Fame. Yeah, and for sure, we'll talk about Jamal Adams a little bit later. He's just kind of a, you know, he's kind of a, a different player. But I don't think man to man, they feel very comfortable. They can hang with a lot of people and especially up front. So, you know, what you did see early in the game, especially I think you know, the most obvious one is the out route, the, the five yard out to Devontae, where he mm-hmm. almost got picked and he got almost knocked Devontae yeah. out of the game. He jumped uh, the DB, jumped he, the route at the bottom. Yeah they're, yeah, they're dropped, you know, they're rushing three, dropping eight, just trying to get Aaron Rodgers out of his, off his first and second read a couple times and get him uncomfortable. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I thought Romo did a great job yesterday just talking about the idea that they're giving up a ton of yards, but they're not giving up a ton of points, right? And it's that whole, right. it's kind of the in bigger picture. You look at the entire NFL, what we've been talking about all year is, hey, we're, we're going to give you, you know, the 20 to the 30. You know, the 20 to the 30, the opposite side. But we're just – we're going to try to keep you out of that end zone. We're going to play hard, hard-nosed defense when we get down there. But we don't mind giving up points. We don't mind making these decisions. And you got to understand, with their personnel, with Jamal Adams, who's not a good coverage guy. I know he had a pick yesterday in the end zone, but, like, let's be right. honest. Like, he's oh, not he's a coverage guy. So you yeah. have to play him at the line of scrimmage. And he has to fire, fire, fire. I mean, you remember last year, when he got there, he was – people hated him. He was missing tackles in open space. He was pouring mm-hmm. coverage. And then what they do, they start firing him off the line. He's making plays in the backfield. And it's like everyone thinks he's a hero. But reality is he's kind – I mean, he's a he's a physical specimen. He's a stud. Yes, he I'm is. sure he's a hard-nosed player. Yeah. But he's also a liability as a, as a traditional safety. So it's like they they kind of have to use that strength because his weakness he can't really overcome. 
Yeah, the weakness is, is basically trying to defend the pass and being a strong safety. That's got to be in your uh, in your toolbox. You have to defend the pass, not just the run. Um, like you said, they were you know putting them in the box, you know early in the downs, early in the game. You know where he had a couple hurries on Aaron to get in when Aaron started to flush the pocket to the right or the left, and he got in his face. He was able to push him down and get his throw, get Aaron's throw off uh, off target. And with his, I say with his ability. I say as a player, I say I think he knows that. And definitely defense coordinator, defensive coordinator knows that to put him in the best position to help that player, that Jamal Adams, to win, win a down, you know, helping that defense out. And I say a guy for the offensive side for the Packers, um, AJ Dillon definitely um has arrived. He in the last three, four games, he's been coming into the fray a lot more. And now early in the first quarter, him and Aaron. Jones just flip-flopping back, you know, which is a good, you know, getting them both runners in rhythm. But then towards the end of the game, it was somewhere it pretty much was AJ, you know, you know Aaron Jones obviously goes out with a quick, we don't know exactly. We were talking about it before we started the recording is either an MCL. I'm definitely a, a hyper extension. I kind of saw the way he, he fell, his legs were flat and then a defender fell on top of him. And so he was, you know, he, he, he was wrapped, you know, in the, in the jacket, crying up commentators were saying that he was crying a little bit talking to his family so we don't know the seriousness of it but he know we know he he is out for the rest of that game but AJ came in you know he was already regardless of Aaron Jones being in there or not picking up big yardage you know first first couple drives you know the first play was the power something that we know very well um hit that ball right downhill inside out block he got the ball 12 yard game first run and then so on and so forth but I say later he just kind of continued to run behind his pads, which he did. But sometimes he would get a little high, and they would get lower than him. And then he will, then he would be a stalemate, and then start to go backwards. So I'll say to the young running back there, just keep the pass low. You know, always be the low man, and especially he's with that size. He's definitely better though, right? He's definitely yes. better than he was. Yeah, no, he's better. Yeah, better from last year to game one of this year. He's better. Every game has gotten better, and it's going to be now. It's going to be him and the Patrick Taylor show on uh, the first year running back out of Michigan. I mean, out of Memphis. Sorry. Um, that's going to potentially be taken over these next few games because we'll once we find out more later in the week about Aaron Jones. So for him, I think this is a good spot for him to now be the number one guy because he has that. You can tell he's comfortable. He's getting in the back. He's couching the ball really good out of the backfield. There's a couple of passes that one pass for sure he caught running to his left, both hands up, thumbs in and caught it, looked it in and got the ball upfield. So and that's something that I think uh, I know with LaFleur's offense and Hackett how the way they call plays, you got to be a runner back that catches the ball crisp and then also gets the ball upfield after you catch it so I definitely enjoyed that so it's going to be see yeah it's going to be it's going to be good to see him you know in that role just to see what he can do because later on once Aaron Jones comes back from this injury then they'll have that two confident running backs in that backfield that can help off that offense side of the ball yeah they're they're going to be I mean it's a real weapon anytime you can you can develop a player especially when you already have a, a difference maker like Aaron Jones, you're going to be that much better off, especially come playoff time. And and they're and because they're so different as far as change of pace goes, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you you can you can set yourself up for one or the other on defense. You, it's really hard to set yourself up for both. You know, you you think about the way that Seattle runs their defense. They've always been let's try to keep it simple. Let's play simple coverages. Like, mm-hmm. Let's crowd their line of scrimmage. Now their their base is just a, a like a natural jam look, like a bare front. They want to bring all those people up the line of scrimmage. They want to keep Bobby Wagner and that and the other linebacker. Untouched. Uh, uh, untouched and clean. So yeah. when you have a, an <clears throat> offense that can run at the edge with Mercedes Lewis, when you have an offense mm-hmm. that can run the, the trap game, right? When you can cut, when you can cut that defense, when you get that double team on the play side, then yeah. you're going to have opportunities for success. Right. And yeah. 
that's what, again, it wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest game up front, certainly. And we'll, we'll talk about a little more of entrenched warfare, but just attacking a bare front, attacking heavy, you know, just really heavy footed defensive tackles all day that are just trying to keep Wagner and 51 clean. Um, I, I thought, you know, generally like the game plan made a lot of sense in the way that we attacked it with, uh, with the trap game, with short passes, with the screen game we'll talk about later, you know, and then you mm-hmm. take your shots when you can get some shots. But, you know, I mean, listen, the 17 nothing game is just, it's almost unheard of to shut out a team anymore, really. Right. You know, it's it is. and a team, a team with, you know, with a quarterback that's a bona fide superstar and all the weapons they have. You know, I, what do you, th- what, when you're a deep, put yourself into so DK Metcalf gets kicked out of the game at the end, right? Correct. And, and clearly he's been frustrated. I think he had a couple, I mean, he had a handful of catches. Maybe, yeah. Put yourself in that situation and you see how he reacted. Like, what could you possibly, what could another, person say to you in that moment that makes you just start grabbing face masks and right. you know it, it was just nuts to me like it because i don't operate that way like, everything me neither is a joke i don't i don't want, i don't every, operate yeah everything to me is kind of a joke you say something that's me like i'm just gonna i'll find something to say back but what right could possibly eye, he have said that just caused that kind of visceral reaction because you just look to me you look mm-hmm. it's like you're i just always look at it like man you start writing endorsement checks and, and just start tearing them up right there man like what are you doing right, right. i mean we're built the same i when people start trash talking me calling me out my name you know trying to get me to react i'm just like huh, huh. i was like oh good i was like oh that worked i said it probably worked for the other game for the other running back or you're not gonna i'll say yeah i'll see you next play bro that's what i would say i'll be like hey man good hit they're like man f you Amon. f you i'm like bro i said I, I know what you're doing i've been playing little i've been playing sports since i was a kid you know, playing in the neighborhood ball, street ball, basketball, playing 21, guys trying to tackle you when you're trying to take it to the to the hoop. And then they want to sling you down. You know, you call your foul. I'm like, foul. I'll go back to the street. Get my free shot. <laughs> you know, why you ain't mad? I'm like, I know what you're trying to do, man. I'm, I'm doing good. You're trying to take me out my game. And so I think, like I mentioned here, is this, uh, he got, he let his emotions get a hold of him. I'm, I don't know. It could have been anything. He could have said blueberry pie. It's just with the tone. And, and the fact that, you know, obviously he didn't get a lot of bear, burn, not, not a lot of touches, like you mentioned. They didn't have no score on the, on the screen, I mean, on the scoreboard. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't really get a whole lot of, you know, he didn't get his big catch. So did Lockett. You know, they had to work for stuff. Lockett flopping early in the game. Um, just knew. It was just, that was another part of it. Because I think with Wilson coming back from the surgery, it was a big question mark on how effective he's going to be throwing that ball. And the defense, as we know, the Green Bay Packers defense, as we've seen in the last two weeks, since Arizona game to the Chiefs game, they have stepped it up a notch. And I believe that, not well, not a surprise, but once they actually saw it, you know, you watch the team on film from the past previous three games, and then you get on the field, sometimes it's like, oh, no, these guys, are they're really, you know, they're playing. They're, they're making plays. They're making smart plays. They know how to defend us. They're bracketing us or they're, they're doubling. They're doing the um, press man really good where they're not grabbing. They're not panicking at the end. They're not grabbing us and, and, and turning us around. They're not doing that stuff. And I think that's what DK found out. And But then along with that, it's going to be the trash talking. It's wide receivers and DBs, as we know, probably the, the most uh, prima donna players on the field. Um, but then also <laughs> they can't talk. They love to talk this. But then when somebody fires back at them, they can't take it. And I think that's part of that's part of it. And that's part that's of sports, tough. though. We, we see right. this in football. Don't see it a lot in baseball. You do see it a little bit. Not a lot in baseball, but hockey and uh, basketball, obviously. And then obviously our sport, football. It's a lot. Trash talking is a part of the game. 
You just got to learn how to do it. And like from you and I both, you already said it. It's like water off a duck's back for me. I'm just like, yeah, okay. I was like, see you next play, man. Um, you, you can we can work that out on your own. <laughs> Whatever Any, you're trying anytime, to say. Anytime as a competitor where I get you more worried about me than the game, like I like it's a, it's such a win. And there's very very few people who can talk trash and not take it personal. Right. right. Well, you've seen that. Right. Especially. And then, you know, how you react to that really determines whether or not they feel like they're going to have the advantage over you. But yeah. I just go back to you know, I just love the way our, our defense is playing. You think about our safety play last night, yesterday. And when you talk about if the plan was to just give him like 10, 10 yard routes over the middle and just just dare him to throw him because he wasn't mm-hmm. going to do it to protect the outside. All every deep ball was contested. We could have had four picks in the game. Easy. Right. Two or one. I, we had two. I think we two. had two, but we could we could Both have had two Amos. more. There's two more in the end zone. Amos could have had two yeah. more by himself. Yeah. It just got you know things got broken up. Yeah. And you know it's again I I don't I don't I don't want to like over exaggerate this point, but it is so difficult to run a let Russ cook offense. Yeah. Like it, it's so right. so difficult. I mean you see we you, you see that that uh, flea flicker to a screenplay. Yeah. It's yeah, like I'm... that's a palms up move, man. That's that's re- that's when I was like, oh, we got him. Once I right. saw that play, not that we, not that, not that um, Campbell gra- uh, was tackled him for a loss, but just right. the fact that they ran it. I'm they like, you guys it. running a flea flicker to a screen? It was in the right, first with half your deep, too. with your deep threats in the first half. That yeah. tells me you've run out of options. Right? And it's to a tight end. It's not to Tyler. It's not to one of the running backs. Yeah, it's it's yep. to a tight end that is not a you know he's not a blazer he could cast the ball and run as he as we saw later on he had a big run on a basically a broken coverage but it was a good pass and good route but you like you said it's why are you doing like is it that you're going to the bottom of the playbook right now early and early in the game so it was like interesting yeah Definitely. structurally we'll get into a trench warfare but structurally I think like I think Seattle has real problems that go just beyond uh just well I, I, their personnel doesn't align with what they're trying to accomplish. And I was just thinking that. So you look at their defensive personnel. Let's just start. Let's go look there over the last seven, eight years where it went from the Legion of Boom. You got Cam Chancellor. You have um, what, the kid. I can't think of his name right now. From Earl Stanford. Thomas, Richard Sherman. Uh, or, or, yeah, or Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas. You have those three guys, just those three alone. Then you have Bobby Wagner. You count him in there. And then the, the KJ, various. Of def- KJ? K- KJ Wright. Um, they had J- J- Davian Clowney one year. Um, at D line, and you saw, you know, when he gets to a squad, he just a, uh, you just put him in, and he's gonna make something happen. He don't even have to Michael know the Bennett. scheme. Michael Bennett was Michael. one of the best D tackle pass rushers in the game. Exactly. So you have that cast of characters that that basically knew what they needed to do. They were all literally on the same, and they had that athletic ability. They were on the same page, and they have that athletic ability. So now you see the Seahawks now have players in the positions, but obviously not all of them have that ability that those pass players have, and now they're the players that been there, like a Wagner, um, trying to think who else is left on that defense. Probably nobody. I think it's just no, him. I think that's it, man. That's it. So he's the only one that really – I know he's a humble player. He's he's really a confident player, but humble, knowing that, you know, he he probably amongst himself knows in, in his head, like having those guys back then were special because then he could really go do his thing. He still leads the team in tackles and leads the league in tackles. That's because he's just that player. He's like you yeah. mentioned, he's going to be a once everything is even his career is done, he's getting a yellow jacket within his five years. So, um, to, but that transition into these new players that don't have that quite ability and the coaches know are, are learning that and then now see it is like, okay, we don't have what we had where we could just 
we could get away with because their ability was going to take over where the talent, you know, where coaching them up, we didn't have to really do it. The talent was just going to make them show up. So that's where they're at right now defensively with Seattle. And uh, on the offense, they still have Russell. They have DK. They have the receivers because they really back then they didn't. They had even though they had good players, solid like Doug Baldwin, solid wide receiver, but wasn't a blazer, but was a guy that when you threw him the ball, he caught it and he was going to make some yards out after contact. And then you had obviously Marshawn Lynch running the ball, too. You know, and then since then, you've had a, a bevy of running backs, basically a running back by committee. And then they get all they all been hurt. Over, they've switched over the their philosophy, year. AG. They've sw- I mean, they've switched their philosophy. Marshawn Lynch was there. Was he was the focal point of their offense? Yeah, and you were right? there, you know, prior, you know, so you know so, that so, as well. He, that's the focal. That's how they they were going to run the football. They were going to play action pass, take their shots when they could. But mm-hmm. the focal point of the offense was the ability to run the ball. That's not the focal point. That hasn't been the focal point of their offense for the last couple of years. And no. again, you know, it's one of those deals where you can have great numbers. And and still like you're at that at the Seattle Seahawks level, you're trying to win championships every year. Yeah. Right. And now and now you're fighting to get out of the cellar in your division. And part of it's because of injuries. Part, there's a lot of circumstantial mm-hmm. stuff. But fundamentally, like for me, it's just I think it's very interesting that you've gone away because you do have a superstar quarterback, but you've gone away from who your identity is, not only as a team, but as a coaching staff, as an organization, as a as a region of the country, like mm-hmm. like it, it, the whole thing. And you're trying this, this drop back, scramble around, make plays like that is a very, and we saw yesterday, it's just a very, very unsustainable thing. You can have the Russell Wilson could throw for 6,000 yards. They're not winning another Super Bowl doing that stuff. And I think that's where I look at it and I go, if I, you know, as a, cause I, you gotta remember that Seattle was, was the best experience I could have had coming out of Carolina. Correct. Played for one year. I love that organization. I absolutely love that organization. And I root for them when they're not playing Green Bay. But when, when I look right. at them now, I'm just right. like, good Lord. I, I mean, I, I just don't think that's a way that you're going you're gonna to have the success that those, those fans want and deserve. No, no, it definitely will not happen with that. Because obviously, you know, being an pl- offensive player, knowing your quarterback is you, you don't know where he's going to be, you know, holding blocks, running your routes, things of that nature. That's going to run across your mind there. It's a, and it's hard to adjust and how it's hard to have a game plan and stay consistent when it's kind of like you know what we'll just see what happens <laughs> you're like no we can't we can't just see what happens we got to at least have a game plan we're going to start to and stick with throughout the game so now we're going to pull into a trench warfare and i'll hand it off to you here because i know this is your neck of the woods but i will chime in uh when i can mike so let's get started at the top here yeah so yeah you know, if you look at the way that we started off the game again, you know, the defensive, the defensive front, they're, they're running a bare defense on the Seattle side. They've got some heavy players up front. Uh, Car- I've always thought Carlos Dunlap is a really good player. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got a couple other guys that are, that are, that, their team's going to play hard. Like I know the coordinator, he, you know, he, Gus Brad, he's amazing. Um, they're going to go out there and, and put work in. Excuse me, Ken Norton. Jesus. Um, yeah, Ken Norton. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ken, uh, I was watching. Sure. I was watching the Raiders game last night. Went, uh, um, yeah, it's <laughs> but but you look at it. You know, we started off early with some. Um, well, so first of all, we had there was another poor call. Um, the holding on Elton Jenkins. There was a holding call that was, was ridiculous. It wasn't. And and next it was play, one later gave, for Dean too, which yeah, wasn't and, the, and then he gave up a sack. The next play, uh, a couple mm-hmm. of bad plays are uncharacteristic. He had a third and one. Uh, in the second series that that he let his guy slip through. So Jenkins had, you know, start off the game, maybe not the way that he usually does. But yeah. again, philosophically, you just have to look at it. against these heavy kind of bull rush players. 
the screen game is going to be effective. Yes, the zone doubles are going to be effective. The trap game is going to be effective, right? Because they're stacking that line of scrimmage to keep the linebackers free to make plays. Mm-hmm. And those guys are heavy bull rush players, so they're not really reading as well as, as maybe some more dynamic athletes, right? They're right. trying they to get, trying to push to get into the back shed. And you can get – we're such a good – we do such a good job in the screen game, both with Dylan and then Jones before he got hurt, had a couple of good plays in the screen game. So that, that yeah. was a, a good portion of our offense, you know. I don't, I don't think we dominated by any means, but you might say that that was kind of the, the, the game that Seattle wanted us to play. Right. right. They didn't want us to air it out. But, again, and you'll speak to this, when, when Jones got hurt and all of a sudden Dylan's in, we want to shorten the game. We want to run the clock. They really showed up and did a good job in that fourth quarter. Yeah, it's something that once they know, okay, we got we could do this, or they letting us do this, we're gonna do it. We can run power, we can run downhill. We got it for one, we got the running back to do that, regardless if we're switching in him him in or not or out. We could do that. And then the short, you know, the short passes, uh, short screens, like you mentioned, like Mercedes. I grabbed one, couldn't get out the foothold there. Uh, I was like, come on, get some yardage, man, big man. I want him to I want him to get a get the I want him to at least get the first down, but he the guy, the defensive guy held on to his ankle. But no, that uh that mixture of plays obviously gives gives you um some plays, options basically what the defense is going to give you with that bare front like Seattle did to uh the Packers. Because obviously that bare front is built to try to stop the run and let like you said, run linebackers run um, run free cleanly. Um, but then obviously. You know, offensively, you just want to when when they do that, then exploit the edges. You know, with the with the power toss, maybe get outside in the incoming weeks. It depends on what um, the Vikings do. I mean, they've been playing well. They got it next week, so it's going to be interesting moving forward from there. From that point, and, on. and for people who who haven't ever seen Jamal Adams up front, because they you know they're bringing him down again. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. That's that's his strength is playing in the box, being being almost like a linebacker. But he can come from he can come from the line of scrimmage. He can come from he can come from that that safety position at eight yards. He can come from the linebacker spot. He can kind of play anywhere in that box. When Lazard found out early, like he is an absolute load. Like he's he's a he is not a small human. I saw the hit. Yeah, and he, when he comes off the side, I mean, I think, um, gosh, I think Royce tried to trap him one time, and he trapped him. But it was like, oh, it was like Adrian Wilson. You remember Adrian Wilson for the Cardinals? Yeah. Yes, I he did. Like, he was like, and he was like six four, six five. Oh, he was like, yeah, he was like, I was gonna say like six three, two hundred thirty pounds. Like, dude, he, that guy was an absolute unit. And yes, Jamal Adams is thick like that, so he he brings the wood now. So that's that's not a luxury as far as box play that a lot of teams have. So mm-hmm. that really adds a wrinkle, and you kind of have to include him in this trench warfare because that's really the name of the game for him. Is can't how many plays can I make? How many times are you gonna fire me? on the other side of the line of scrimmage, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing that I will say that, that was, again, just something to look at as we get healthy and who we're going to determine who's going to stay, stay in and leave out. Like, Patrick, and again, sometimes you're just put on the single block. It's tough. Yeah, but it when is. you look at who's, you know, who's getting pushed back on the other side of the line of scrimmage, who's missing that single block, and, and their guy's getting in the backfield, like, it's happening to him a lot more than the other guards who are also new players. So, yeah. you know, as we, as we start thinking about that shuffle, is there a way to put in – I don't know when Myers is coming back. Is, is that a place to put Jenkins when, when Bakhtiari comes back? Maybe next week, as early as next week, and we can kind of solidify that middle of the line of scrimmage because we are losing some yards there, even though like this isn't a perfect game, certainly, but we are losing some yards there. Yeah, it just makes – you know, with Luke, it's probably, it's probably a thing, a matter of when you get in real worse, knowing how to drop your anchor. 
and how to not to, you know, keep letting, you know, staying high, you know, because they're pushing you up. They're trying to push you up to keep your off balance so you don't get to your uh, strength to drop your ass, basically drop your ankle to uh, stop that push. And uh, we saw, I know it's a two plays. Um, I know one for, I think the Packers, one for the Seahawks. Uh, it was Lord, uh, Dean Lowry. <laughs> he got in one of the oh, guy's man. chest. And they actually called a holding on uh, on uh, the offensive lineman for Seattle. That's how bad the bull rush was, where they both I didn't know fell how, to the I just know how he was holding him when he was on his back. It was Right. Was I'm, I'm, me too. I'm looking at it. I was like, that's not a hold. Oh, man. These refs are, <laughs> these refs are rough. But it's, you know what? The, the, the Packers, there's an old saying, the Vikings, uh, Chris Hovan used to always yell this, pressure equals picks. Right. True. And I think yeah. and I think Belichick said something about this last week about, you know, we don't we don't care about sack numbers. We care about pressure numbers because pressure equals picks. That's why until, you know, Richard Garrett was, I think, leading yeah. the league in pressures up until this last game. And, you know, hopefully he re- recovers from what was, I think, a pretty gruesome elbow injury. I watched that yeah. thing again today. It was pretty, I, I, it was I missed bad. it, but I heard. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. yeah. The way but, they described it. It looks like no ligament damage. I mean, they said today that early it's 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 looking better than they were hoping for. But Good. you think about Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, obviously Gary. Um, uh, Whitney Merciless picked literally picked up Dwayne Brown, who was a bad man in this league for a, yes, a long time. I agree, that was impressive. Picked him up and impressive. was moving him. Now, for a young offensive lineman, poor footwork gets you killed. And Every Dwayne time. Brown is a great athlete with poor footwork. Pro and bowler, Whitney right. Merciless beat him not twice, but at least three times badly, like just put him in the quarterback's lap. Maybe didn't get a sack, got a wrap up one time, and, and he got uh, got free, but. Put some yes. work into Dwayne Brown's chest because when you take poor footwork, you're high, you're off rhythm, your hands are outside. I mean, he got shown out real, real bad. So pressure equals picks. Russell Wilson's moving all day. We don't have to bring extra in order to get him moving off the spot. Now, he wants mm-hmm. to move off the spot, right? But again, this is what we talked about. That's not a sustainable offense over the long haul. No, it's not. And you see yesterday, like, the Seattle Seahawks offensive line they are built to what I would just call play off their front foot, which means they're much better going downhill, moving forward than they sure, are running the ball, they, basically. Yeah. And the problem is like, they're not that athletic in the middle. So they can't run the trap games. Like yeah, they have, have yeah, they don't have that kind of footwork. So they have some fundamental issues when you play against guys like Kenny Clark, mean Dean Lowry, who's, who's become very, very stout. And then you've got mm-hmm. Preston Smith, who I think in the first couple of weeks of the season was the number one rated or, you know, one of the top defensive ends from the run game. So when you can't move those guys on single blocks, you now have to start trapping, using some doubles and you, get creative, you don't have right. that athletic ability against the Green Bay Packers right now. And the way we're playing, especially with our yes. two linebackers coming downhill, you got, you got some real issues. So, you know, obviously the, the Packers box players, on defense, you can't say enough about the, the effort they put forth yesterday. I mean, we talk about the back end all the time. They're going to go. They're going to get a lot of the credit, deservedly so. But yeah. the amount of pressure, the the tackles for short for short gains. You know, we're not missing a lot of tackles right now. We're, they're just Which playing so so well, man. It's fun. Yeah, and, it, and it's that time of the season where you want it to come together mm-hmm. in November and December because as as we both know, that's the playoff push. And, you know, you watch uh, Merciless do what he did to a Dwayne Brown. And Dwayne Brown knew right away. As soon as you saw the play ended, he snapped his finger at himself. You know, he wasn't mad at uh, at Merciless. Merciless did his job. And he's mad at himself. He's like, because he knew better not to get beat on a block like that because he he's a he's a well-trained, has a fun, usually has fundamentals. Just that one play got beat. And so I'll say a few other plays later, got beat on um, getting the hands in his chest, getting his high. His, and you saw Merciless was definitely under his uh, chest weight and was just pushing him back. 
into Russ to get the uh, sack there. And again, Dean and Dean doing the same thing on the flip side. And I remember him coming in, you know, he was uh, from Northern Illinois, low draft pick, really more people were probably thinking him of just that that numbers guy. And now he's coming into a position and coming into his own to where he is a guy that now, you know, offense alignment or game planning, they know about 94 coming in because he's going to when if you let him, he will he will pull he will push you right back you know to your quarterback's lap or mess up the run game by by getting you know, penetration you know in the backfield there so he's had a, a last couple of weeks of really good football and all the defense has right there yeah and I just like again for for young offensive linemen for 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 fans parents anybody I just want you to like because uh, this is one of those games it's a good teaching tool right mm-hmm. the mentality of an offensive lineman when your quarterback is holding the ball when your quarterback's running around, you don't know where they're going to set, right? And then the externally, all the, he's getting all this credit for kind of playing off schedule, making off schedule plays. This happened to Roethlisberger mm-hmm. kind of like just after all like they won the Super Bowl and all these all these guys retired and they started having these offensive line problems and everyone was mm-hmm. getting blamed for it because he was staying off schedule. Like that is so hard and it's so emotionally draining for an offensive lineman because what happens is now the person you're trying to protect their success and their glory and their, all of these good things are really at a consequence of you not doing your job. Well, at least that's the public perception, right? So now you're just, you're kind of going into every game. Like I've been in these locker rooms where you're like, man, I don't know where he's going to be from, you know, play to play. Like they're so frustrated and they're like, I guess we're just going to go out there and do our best. And then what happens is you almost get a little bit, not complacent, but you almost, forgive yourself too much because you know like i really don't have control over this guy's going to be all the time so hey i'm just kind of doing my best i can and then you start you you know it just starts piling on like all those bad feelings and it just makes your life miserable man so again that's why i keep going back to like it's that's just a very very tough i think offensively a a tough play a tough way to 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 build a championship team and having said that like you still got to go out there and play defense against a guy who's super dynamic, can make a ton of plays with his feet and his arm. And, and there, there is, there's truth in all those, the, the reasons that they think about their offense that way. But it, it is uh, from an offensive line standpoint, it's almost like you're playing with a hand tied behind your back. Yeah. You got to have that communication with your quarterback and with your running backs too in the run game. Like, okay, on this play, this is how I'm going to set, you know, if my back is flat, then you got a two way go. If I turn left or right, that's the direction. Basically my body's telling you because you don't want to run the other way. And for a quarterback, too, you know, on this play, this pass play, okay, we got a play action, which is going to be a seven and a half to eight foot, um, eight step, you know, a drop back. So that timing is going to probably be that full, maybe three seconds, maybe three and a half seconds till the ball is gone. And you know that as a blocker, you know, offensive lineman, runner back, that's still in the backfield, you know that as a blocker. So you know in your head that you can, you know, hold that chest plate for so long, eventually you'll know which way if they're scrambling out because obviously that defender is going to detach and you kind of just push them. But from that standpoint of not knowing, you know, thinking that, you know, I think the ball is gone. You have that. I remember I've had those moments where I'm like, oh, the ball is gone. And you kind of just let up that one inch. Mm -hmm. And then you find out he's still holding the ball and then your guy just kind of slipped past. You're like, God dang it. Bro, like, what, get, you know, okay, let me, we got to talk. It's like, that's what I'll be like, Brad, we got to talk. Okay. Yeah, we got to Because I'm not trying to get. That's right. I'm trying not to, you know, get punished. Either for one, get you know, get a test score low for the game, but then also later, because second, if it happens too much, eventually you're gonna be like, you won't be in that backfield. So it's like two pass sets make- from the bus stop, man. That's what Coach yeah. always told me. Hey, you're two pass sets from the bus stop. Don't forget that. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I knew that because I know 
I heard that or I heard uh, uh, a bus ticket and an apple. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that apple and that oh, bus man. ticket. I don't want to be out of that thing. So, no, so yeah, good job. I say overall, yeah, good job in the trench. But, yeah, some things they got to work on to move forward because they obviously this is playoff push time between now and the end of the year. Pretty much. So Even though they got that 17th week now, which to me it still doesn't make sense. You know, they're playing yeah, 17 games. <laughs> Like, wow. So let's get on to get off my line. Get off so my line. So we get some of this nonsense and the botchery going on in uh, this weekend of, of I say, sports and life. So I'll let you start it off there. And I'm going to piggyback on you on some of these right here because I'm, so I'm with you. The, I'm with AG, you this is these. the first one. So I turned on, you know, I, was, I was, wasn't I was resolved to watch, you know, nine hours of football this week. But right. I did turn on the early. I turned on the Titans game. And this is the first time. And, I, you know, like – you always complain about the officiating. And it's like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? And I actually turned the game off. When they gave, I, when they gave uh, Tannehill that rough in the passer call. Oh, yes. I saw it later. Yes. The, one of the, again, one of the most egregiously poor calls I've seen this year. There was, there was three Bad. yesterday in, in different games. But that was, I was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to, I don't really need to be here watching this game right now. Like, I know I'm one person. Like, I'm one TV household. I'm going to turn this game off because I'm just so tired of this nonsense refereeing. Like, I'm so sick of it, man. It's just, and I know the refs have a point of emphasis. And like, I know, I know, I know. But why can't we as a league decide, hey, listen, if that was a bad call made on the field, why can't they just call down and be like, you know what? That was a really poor call. Please don't make that call because that call, I could argue that that call was the difference in that game. Yeah, for sure. It's just absurd. Yeah, he's he's just getting pushed down, literally. That's all it was. And to call that, you know, you know, if it's, uh, you know, I say aggressive, no, he's pushing him on his back as he's falling. Both, both players are falling. He just, it's it's like not even a millisecond from him releasing the ball. He's getting pushed at the same time. It's like, I thought it was supposed to get hit in the helmet or above the shoulders. Like, give me, give me, give me some, if I'm a defender, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I said to people when they made these rules changes years ago, I said, if I was a defensive player, linebacker or safety, you know what? I'm taking the fine because I'm not going to really change much of my game to adjust. I'm going to have to eventually. I get it. But when I'm in the moment, if I'm in the movement of like a lot of these players have been, because this obviously this is not the first P.I. call or not P.I., but uh, roughing a quarterback call in this season. But that player, that defensive player is really, like I said, is at a disadvantage. It's just like, come on. They're right there. And then to give the the quarterback, you know, give the play, you know, give the team another play, you know, similar to these passing appearance. Cause I know at the end of the first half, Russell, he tried for that. It was that yep. they had seconds on the clock. They had no timeouts. It was 14 seconds and he dropped back. He kind of looked short and he just threw it. I was like, he's throwing it out of the end zone, but I knew he's throwing to try to get a PI. He threw it just enough further where it wasn't going to be catchable for either player. But if that Lock it. I think it was lock it in the end zone, the north end zone. If he could get any contact to happen, you got the you got first down on the goal line because it was in the end zone, you know. So I could tell he was working for that one. So all right, next one on the list here. You got the Lions one. Poor well, Lions. It, listen, They're trying to get it going. It's like ties in general. Like I know Lions and Pittsburgh had some rookies that didn't know there was supposed to be a tie. Right. And when I and when I think about it, I look at it like I watched that game because what happened is. Three o'clock rolls around. I'm waiting for the 325 Packers game. I turn something on and, oh, okay, we're going to overtime over here. And, you know, 
the Lions, my son's like, who are you rooting for? I go, you know what? If you're 0-8, I'm kind of rooting for you to go to 0-16 at this point. Like, I want you to, I want you to be <laughs> a unicorn. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, 0-17 now. 0-17. Well, 0-17. But I'm not like, right. I'm not trying to hate on you or anything, but I'm like, I, right. it is almost like you're almost chasing that. It's like you're chasing Chula in reverse, right? So, <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of have some, some feelings about it. But when you watch that game, like someone deserved to lose that game. Like yeah. That game was so – there shouldn't be ties. I don't know if we need to go to college football rules where you go start from the 25 or whatever. I and think go we need 20. to. Yeah, I we think need we to need do to. something because – I'm not saying someone deserved to win that game. Someone deserved to lose that game. That game it was, was that so bad. poorly played. At the it end was. I that saw that. Someone I saw deserved that to lose that game, man. And, and it's just like I felt like I don't – I care nothing about either team. And I was like bummed out after the tie. I was like, oh, man. Right. We, at least we know like we know the Lions are trying. They are trying their best to get it together. They're trying to not have mistakes. They're trying to play perfect as possible. But the Steelers is like, what's wrong? Like, what are you doing? Like, Steelers football? You're in a tough division. You know, you got the Ravens. You got the Browns. What are you doing? And you got a team that you – this is a beat. This is a beat team right here. This is a must-beat team. You know, in college football, they call them trap games. This is that trap game for the Steelers. Obviously, they got – I don't know what they – if they were, they took the blue pill instead of the red pill, getting off the airplane. Okay. Like, hey, <laughs> you got to beat these guys. These guys are over, okay? And uh, you got to win. And so, yeah, get off my line with that one. I'm with you there. All right. And uh, next one here, what you got on the list? What what you say about them pats? Yeah. So, hey, I told you guys last week, don't sleep on the Patriots, right? And what is what do they go out? They go out and just beat the brakes off the Cleveland wow. Browns. I mean, beat the brakes off. Them aside what, the head, what, right? What a what a depressing game if you're a Cleveland fan. You start off every year, last two three years with Cleveland, all the talent they have. I watched yeah. them play earlier in the season, man. They just absolutely they're loaded. They're loaded. It just makes they started me sick. off the they started off the game, man, with like a sixty three yard run or something like. I mean, they're loaded. Right. And Sorry about that. All of a sudden, it just goes to nothing, right? And it's just again, you you can't. There's certain things in this game that you need to understand as a player, as a casual fan, there's different types of teams. And what I mean by that is there's teams that rely on the skill of their best players to win games, mm-hmm. right? So it's, so the, the coaching philosophy is I want you to go out there and be the best version of you, and we're going to try to create something to give you opportunities for touches or whatnot, mm-hmm. right? So we talked about that last week plays. with OBJ, and like OBJ is a star player, not a scheme player. Then there's schemes where, hey, my scheme's going to outbeat – my scheme's going to outplay your scheme. Right. So mm-hmm. it's about the coordinator versus the coordinator more so than the player versus the player. And then there's Bill Belichick, man. And he's just in a different realm. And it, it, it just the way that this season started and all the talk last year, because Brady went to he's having more fun with Bruce Arians. He's winning Super Bowls with Bruce Arians. And, you know, you know, Bill wasn't that he's not the greatest coach of all time talk anymore. And then it's like drafts Mac Jones. Remember, he's running everything there. He's, he's buying all the groceries, he's doing all the shopping yep. and he's cooking yep. the food. Right. Yep. So somehow gets Mac Jones. He turns out to be the most ready NFL quarterback of this draft by a, by a by million far. miles. Yep. By right? far. They're playing their defense is playing lights out. They're picking up guys. I mean, they picked up Jamie Collins again. I mean, they're and just Judon. Making they right picked up moves. Judon on defense. Yeah. They picked up Judon on defense. They got those two tight ends in on offense. Hunter. Those guys are starting to pay off. And it's like everyone creeping, creeping, creeping. They're just building momentum. And that, that division, that conference is no longer a gimme. Like the Bills probably yeah. gonna win that division, but you look at this wow. extra wild card team now. I'm not I'm not rooting them, I'm, I'm not voting them out by any means, man. They're they're just nah. playing well. 
No, I wouldn't vote any Bill Belichick coach team. And you forget at the start of season two, um, you didn't mention, but Cam Newton, the whole Cam Newton thing happened. And you have that that could have derailed and been a distraction, but it wasn't. Um, I think Bill Belichick, you know, he took that fire. He, he extinguished that fire immediately. He said what he said and, boom, and moved on. And he's one of them coaches that he's kind of like players. He's like a player, kind of like us, where a referee, I mean, not a referee, but or it could be a ref, but a reporter. He's in his press conference. He's just like, whatever, you know, next question. He'll answer it with his answer and then move on because he's thinking about football constantly, how to win, what I need to do to win. And that defense – the way he coaches the players and the players that have been there, you know, four or five plus years, they understand, you know what? I do my job here. This is my technique. I stick to that. I do this on certain situations. We're going to be in a position to win, you know, offensively, same thing. And that's basically what they told Matt Jones. Hey, we got, we got, you got the tools. We got wide receivers. We got okay running backs. We don't have great running backs. We got okay. And we have an awesome offensive line that's giving you time to throw the ball. You do that. You don't have to go out here and make no big, dramatic, you know, scrambling play every time. No, you just go back, drop back like you just did for four years or two, three years at Alabama. Do the same thing you just did in college. Just do it now. Now you're getting paid for it. And now, you know, do be you. And then everybody else is going to do their job. And to hear that as a rookie quarterback, I think that obviously takes a lot of pressure off for him to come in there. And that and that's the theme. That's the philosophy. And that's the culture up in uh, up in New England. And it's been like that for years um, for them. So. It's uh, it is good. It is interesting to see to see them boys. And yeah, when I and I saw the ticker tape at the bottom line, I mean, <laughs> I saw the score. I was like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "What? What happened?" I thought. What, and I Baker, think Baker, where you Baker went out with like a knee injury, and I can't remember what quarter. Is that he went what it out, is? Yeah, like, I remember it was already. Out. I mean, it was already. They were already getting trumped. Yeah, yeah. Here, here we go. And so, yeah, this and this next one up here, I definitely want to chime in. I'm chiming in on this one. So, your favorite this or is more, least well, yeah, favorite? This is more of a yeah. This is more of a question. This is a question for you. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I say my favorite, and I think it's both our favorites. Lewis Riddick for Monday Night Football. He's a former like Lewis, player. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Former, he's a former player. He knows the game, and then he has a administration uh, experience. His personnel experience, right? Personnel experience. He was a, uh, I think, scout. I know he's a scout, if not a GM. Director of, director of player development or director Which is of player pretty personnel, much, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much a GM right there. Um, so you, you, you've, you've, you've looked at a ton of film for players. Not He was a linebacker when he played, but now as a director of player personnel, you see everything. You see and learn what a good quarterback looks like, what a good uh, strong safety looks like, uh, looks like um, lineman, center, guard, tackle, running backs, fullbacks, tight end. Do you, you know the whole realm of players on the football field from a punter, kicker, long snapper, what it looks like to, to draft the best, to make your team the best. So he gives me, like he said, when I, I just sit there and just I, I shut up because I'm like, I know he's saying some stuff that I can use and learn myself if I don't know already when he's commentating. And then my least favorite, and it's not my, he's not my least favorite. I just catch him from time to time tripping up, kind of like when he did when he was a quarterback at the Dallas Cowboys is Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, That's funny. watching the game, or yeah, yesterday watching the game, he made a comment where uh, his co-host tried to uh, say, remember that play that happened? And he's like, you could tell he was just saying, yeah, I remember, but he didn't remember. I could totally tell. <laughs> i like, come on, Tony. I think come Tony's on, good, though, mind. honestly. Like, Tony's like, really good. So good, he got, he, he got, yeah. he was able to, like, he was a little, you know, the caught, I thought it was a clairvoyant because he was able to, to cause a couple plays out because of conceptually he understands what's going on. And, and that's, yeah. I think, as players, that's, that's really what that's you what and I know. appreciate, right? right? Yeah. Is yeah. you appreciate, appreciate. Lewis yeah. Riddick being able to call out coverages and, and kind of understand the concept of why something is or is not working. And I think yep. Tony Romo actually does a really, really nice job of that. 
Um, it, I think with all these guys, you know, you see, you see the further along you get, you go from kind of edgy or you're, you're calling your shots or whatever. And then it always inevitably becomes like they, I, you know, they have somebody that comes over yeah. and says, ah, this demographic yeah. doesn't like you. See if you can say this stuff or some nonsense. Right. It's like, so they, ch- they change up. You have that producer in your ear. You have that producer yeah, yeah, in your yeah. ear. You're so like- I, I actually like, I actually like Tony. Um, the only one that, you know, for, I can't really put my finger on why. Cause I, okay. but, but for years, I just have never liked Chris Collinsworth. Okay. You know what? You're not the only one. I've I've heard that. Yeah. I heard that bounce around. And, and I don't know if it's because he's, I don't know if it's because he's a former player, but he acts like like uh, his his uh, you know his toilet doesn't stink. You know, mm-hmm. um, or if or it might be because he's involved with like Pro Football Focus, and I think that's like the biggest you know one of the biggest like scams that we've put out. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. But it's just, that, that's on NBC, isn't it? It's on one yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just uh, one of those yeah. things. He's it's funny because it's always. Uh, He's always been the one, or maybe it's just his voice doesn't resonate. Like maybe our waves are off. I don't know, man. Because he's he's knowledgeable. He certainly puts in the time. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, man. Like I, it's like you listen to some commentators. Like I've turned, I'll turn him off. I'll literally just turn the TV down. Yeah. Like I'll put some music on or something like that. Yeah. It's like for me, he doesn't commentate any games. Thank God. Uh, but he commentates. Like he has his own shows. He's on a few shows. It's Stephen A. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> First take, baby. First take. I like it until he starts, and it's just yelling. Why are you yelling? Why? Yeah, he's informational. Information. He's on it. He nails it. Yeah. He gives his opinion. But when he gets going, when he starts, his voice goes from here to here. I'm like, bro. I'm like, all right. I got to turn your channel. I'm like, bro. You lost me. I do not I listen need to, to it. Give. I listen to it all the time, and I'm <laughs> dude the same way. And my kids will be like, dude, turn it off. Turn it's it. It's not off. funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not even I say because it's like I'm just hearing I don't like yelling in general. I don't like right. when anybody yells in my house. I don't I don't like when I yell, I don't like when I get going. So I'm like, I was like, I gotta go. Stephen A, you had me because you were going with good information. If you're talking about football, baseball, basketball, what have you. But when you start cranking that thing up, I think it's because it's his niche. Like you said, yeah. they 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 got something to hey, people like when you yell, this demographic like when you get because it's dramatic, it brings out the show, it it lightens up. You know, when things are getting uh, dull and dry, then boom, you're yelling and it kind of wakes everybody up. No, nah, bro, I'll be sitting there like, turn off my IFB. I don't really want to hear this. <laughs> I, I, I will say, though, it's amazing. Like, I always love Troy Aikman and, and I, I don't know if I like Joe Buck or not, but I like that duo. I've always yeah. enjoyed I've always they're enjoyed good, them. They're right? a good team. I could say that. Yeah, I was in their good team. Um, it is interesting, though, as a player. There's, there, I forgot who, I don't want to call the guy out by name. I actually, to be fair, I don't even know who it was. Mm. There was a game on yesterday that I was listening to where I just, you know, it was just, it was really, really bad. And as a, as somebody who's just a fan of the sport and, mm-hmm. you know, when people start calling the wrong plays over and over and over, giving the wrong explanations, the commentary, I don't know right. why, but it drives me insane. It just drives me absolutely insane. And you got to understand how hard that job is. They're doing like, we, we'll go back and watch the film. They're doing it like right then and there. They don't know if the, the, the guy in the trailer is going to put up the right screenshot. Like it's hard, right? Yes. Sometimes I'll, I'll listen to these people and they'll, if they get like three out of five things wrong, I'm like, Oh my, it just drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Calling the wrong block, um, calling the wrong play, calling the wrong coverage, um, calling the wrong situation and saying, Oh, I, you know, it was third and medium. Um, Oh, let's do a, you know, and you got the lead and you got one timeout. Oh, let's let's do a play action pass when it's like, no, you run the ball. 
period. If it's third and short, you're running the ball. If you got the lead and the game's on the line, run the ball. You want the clock to keep going. That's the thing. I'm like, they say something completely opposite. So, yeah, I feel, I feel you on that. Get off my line. With that commentary there. Uh, so the last one here, you got to explain this one. I think I know where you're going with this one. Okay, but so explain meta, meta commercial. So this Mark, this Zuckerberg has changed Facebook to meta. Right. It's a metaverse I, I, now. So. This, this is a popular, this is a hot word right now. I've yeah. been hearing this for like the yeah, past So he, he's using Meza and I know he had all that stuff going on, on Facebook with lawsuits and whatnot. So yes, he's, he's trying yeah, to like yeah, change, they, trying to change the narrative. Yeah, hat. But they, they've, they came out with these commercials and they're, they're like, they're like nightmares. It's like, you're, it's like you, 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 you took a bunch of mushrooms. You start watching like Charlie and the chocolate factory. And yeah. then like, they got these like paper mache tigers and yaks. And then these, these like weird looking humans. Oh, like, it's the smiling. one where they're like dancing. Yeah, doing all this stuff, dude. It was, and I had, it was literally like, I, I had, a, I was having nightmares last night about that thing, man. Like, oh my God. It was just, and they it just kept creepy. playing it. He bought it like every weird. ad space for every commercial you could get yesterday, dude. I, I had to, I bet you I watched that 30 times yesterday. I know exactly what you're talking about. It has the lion and the bull and they're like, their heads are going side it's to creepy, side. It's creepy, man. It's it creepy. Is. <laughs> it is creepy. And then all the people that are in the commercial, I'm like, they're like, it's all a whole bunch like, of kids. I think they're all, they look like they're all drugged up or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they're all, <laughs> yeah, they're like, all doing yeah. It's like, what? I don't know what's going on. It's, it's too much for me. It's too yeah, much. The for me. Me. Yeah. The metaverse is becoming a popular thing because of NFTs. Mm-hmm. And that's why that is a thing. And so I think, uh, obviously, as we know, Facebook is definitely a, a company that is on the post of the pulse of right now. So obviously, they're ahead of that because they want to make sure they draw in who they, who they need to draw in to make sure to continue to make the money they're making and uh, be a part of this metaverse and NFT and Bitcoin and stuff you can't Bro, touch, but it has value I, I had a, to it. I had a conversation with a guy who's investing in NFTs and, right. I, and then I have that's a football. Player. I know a few too. Yes. And then I have friends that are in the crypto space, yeah. which I totally get. But then they start telling me about NFTs. And man, I, you want to see, you want to know how old you are. I've listened to all these people and, and then I'll just say something like, so that means this. And they're like, yep. And I just go palms up. Like, I know there's a lot yeah. of money. There's a lot of money to be made. I'm sure it's going to make a lot of money. I'm sure I'm going to miss out, but I have no idea how that makes any sense whatsoever. I'm so dude, give me a Nintendo original Donkey Kong game. I'm good. Eight bit. Give me the eight right. bit, bro. Give me the eight bit. I don't bit. need anything else. I'm good. Give me pole position again. I'll play Atari. Oh, you know? I'll play with you. I'll join you on that. Yeah, this uh, NFT Bitcoin, uh, Arithium, different names of the coins out there that you can't touch, but it it has money value to it. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm trying to just go down the, the NFT. I'm going down the NFT lane, learning that just for the the pictures, the digital photos that you can, so, you know, make so value Bitcoin, on. The, the the digital currency makes a ton of sense. And and I mean, for me, because it's decentralized, it's public record. Like, right. and, and there's no, like, until, I mean, Fort Knox doesn't exist anymore as far as the value of our currency, right? We've just produced like $3 trillion in the last eight months or something like that, right? It's just, right. It's just backed by the full faith of the American government. It doesn't, it's not really worth anything. Got it. So yep. I can, like, I can at least get that. But then when you're like, hey, I'm going to take a, like, I'm going to take a picture of you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stamp it and I'm going to go sell it for a lot of money because you can have the one off like what? Yeah. It's... And then you can just, and they're like, well, it's like, it's like a Renoir painting and you don't want a copy. And I go, well, if the copy is literally the exact same one, cause it's a digital photo, 
I don't get that. I can't get, I mean, I, and again, <laughs> I'm is. telling you that I, I'm way, way off on this. I know that if people are making a ton of money on it, yes, I are. can't understand that to save my life. Yeah. It would be yeah. like, it would be the same thing as like, if I sent everyone, if I took a picture of myself and I sent every one of my friends, I'm going to get, somebody's going to hit me up because I'm sure I'm saying this wrong, but I took a digital picture of myself and I sent it to every one of my friends. And then I was like, I hit one of them up. I'm like, ha ha, you've got the original. That one's worth $5.95. You know what I mean? Right. And then, you know, everyone's like, well, what about mine? It's the exact same. I go, I don't know. That's the rules. Ha ha. Like, You're right. right. It is. It is a uh, learning in progress, uh, money-making resource, I guess. Scheme, what have you. It's not a scheme because I, I, I think it's sustainable. It's going to be here forever. Yeah. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying you say scheme is like a bad thing, but no, I'm not saying it's a bad <laughs> oh, okay. thing. I'm just saying it's one of those that, you've, that, that, is, that exists, a newer exists out there, so... All right, so we get to the players of the game. I say my two players, offensively and defensively, uh, wasn't really a whole lot. You know, obviously the team, it was more of a team effort thing, really. I mean, I started to just say, not just say Dean Lowry, but really the defense, because the defense as a whole, the, the, back, the back end with Amos and Sullivan. I was going to say Amos, yeah. Amos could have got it for me. He's right. He, but, uh, but Dean's fine, yeah. Yeah, Dean's, and then Dean doing this, this every game. He's stacking up these games where he's showing up. You know, he's getting in the – the lineman's chest, pushing them back, getting a holding call when it wasn't even. It was that's when you kick a guy's butt so good where they actually throw a flag, <laughs> you know you're doing your job. You know, like man, that looked like right. a holding. I mean, he got he went down so fast that there had to be a holding. You know, referee's like, oh, I gotta throw that. So Dean for off for defense, then and then on offense for me, AJ Dillon. He's like I said, he's coming into his own. And the good thing is he's a young back. He can just continue to build up off of that and build the confidence because now once we hear from, you know, what is going on with Aaron Jones's knee, uh, MCL sprain, see where that goes forward. He can't play with that, but probably maybe not next week, not right away. Or it depends on how, how quick of a healer he is. As we're talking, you know, I myself, I've had a couple of them where I played the next week. I was just like, I tell Fleet, hey, tape it up with the, they have the thick tape. And then put it, my knee brace on, no problem. And we were talking about you know, our teammate, Marco Rivera. He had several. And he ended up playing the whole year and then having surgery later on. So it just depends on how easy is does he does he have that Wolverine quality in him as he get back on the field. But if not, AJ and Patrick Taylor will be back there running the ball next week against the Vikings, which that's going to be, you know, a really tough game because the Vikings, you know, had a big win as we, um, you know, before we go into a round of league. So what about yourself? Anybody that you sticked out to you for this game? No, I think you hit it on the head. AJ Dillon's got to get it. Uh, he made some big plays in the run in the past game. Uh, you know that we talked about it before. That I don't think the line played. I think the line just played they well, well enough to win. Mm -hmm. He only scored seventeen points. I, I really thought Amos on the back end was amazing. Kevin King keeps playing well. Um, yeah, yeah. Stokes Stokes is. I mean, did anybody catch even catch a ball in Stokes yesterday? No, I mean, no. I, I remember they well. tested him early in uh, the first drive, and he was right there with Lockett. And yeah. was foot for was stride for stride with him, and they tried to get a pi. And he he laid off. He played us. He's played his technique. And speed was speed has this him. tendency to calm people down, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Speed has a sure. tendency to calm people down. If you if you're not afraid the guy can run by you, you, you can you can live your life a lot calmer. Right? <laughs> it's, and not panic where you you think your hamstring is going to bust or you're going to grab the guy and tackle him. I basically. wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know any of these things, but <laughs> that's what I've heard. Oh yeah. True. Oh, man. So so let's get to around the league. We had a lot of crazy games where 
teams kind of lost their identity again the second week of this in terms of some upsets that happened. So I'm starting at the top. You know, mostly I got all the scores, so we'll just go with the scores. And if you want to say something about it, you can. If not, we'll keep it moving. So the first game was on the Thursday night football, big upset. The Dolphins beating the Ravens 22 to 10. And for me, I was I was just like, I, you can't really measure. Like, now I don't say measure. I'm still trying to figure out, even just as a fan, because I'm a fan of this team because of the way they play, is the Ravens. You know, they play hard-hitting defense. They run the ball. They're the best run team in the NFL. And But you, you just seen – I just figure, okay, with the game they had at the beginning of the year with the Raiders, the, you know, the Monday night game they lost over time, that they kind of had that mentality of, okay, when we got to grind a game out, we're going to grind a game out. You know, if we play against good teams, we got to show up for that good team. We play against teams lower than us, we still got to show up. So this was a team, obviously, from a record standpoint, was lower than the Ravens being the Dolphins, and they having problems with quarterback and defensive side of the ball. But they didn't really, you know, they made them, they're making those mistakes that they made in some of these early games to get them this L right here, 22 to 10 against the Dolphins, which you see. Yeah, there. they were they were, they were were bad, man. And the thing that was frustrating is the Dolphins staff the line of scrimmage, you knew they were going to blitz that, Gosh, almost the entire second half it felt like, and they just mm-hmm. didn't have answers. There was no checkouts. There was no quick, quick plays. I mean, they went, and then guys were dropping balls on quick slants. I mean, it just there has to be an answer, especially when it's raining outside. You got mm-hmm. a guy as dynamic as Lamar Jackson, and you can see his frustration. It just, it honestly it was one of the games where it they really did not look prepared for a Miami defense that I think as a as a casual you know fan mm-hmm. I knew that they were going to blitz the, the Ravens all night because that's what they do. So it was just yeah. – it was really confusing that they they didn't plan or execute on the blitz side of it better than they did. Yeah, to pick it up, you know, having running backs chipping out or just staying in. Um, and, and I know – to go back, I just remember one of the comments that one of the commentators mentioned was what we know as a green dog, you know, where a linebacker is, is going to not – he's blitzing because the running back is in the backfield. He, he called it something else. He said it like it was a – a blue picket fence. I was like, what? I was like, time out. What are, that? <laughs> what are you talking about here? Like, no, no, no. I said, like, get off my line with that one. You, It's called a yeah, green dog. That's bro. probably Joe Buck, man. Joe it's Buck's green talking about, dog, talking about baseball. Ahead. So it just popped in my head. So I wanted to go back for that. But we already talked about the Lions and Steelers here, 16-16. Kiss your sister game. Uh, Terrible. Tie. And I, I saw the, the main highlights. I saw the highlights when the run, big uh, running back, I think it was a screen pass for Detroit, took it all the way to the house. And then the uh, the game-defining fumble by the Steelers' tight end that pretty much ended it because they needed to get in field goal range. He caught the short little slant or little flat pass and got it dislodged, and then Detroit covers it, and then boom, runs the clock out from that standpoint. So, yeah, that we kind of know how that game went. It was a – well, it's not a good game for either tie, and especially the Steelers. <clears throat> um, next game here is a Bucks losing 19 to 29 to the Washington football team. Now I watched a little bit. This was an early game, so I watched a lot of this game. And I just saw a team, a determined team in the Washington team, just just like, you know what, we're gonna play football and we're gonna run it with Aaron, you know, Aaron Gibson and kind of Heineke. He played some. He played. He played. He was a football well. player more than anything. He played well. He played like the number he wears. He played like the guy we used to play for. Uh, play with. Um, he played hard. He ran when he needed to run. He threw it into deep situations. He took hits. He he laid out some hits. So he was a guy. I think his his game. The way he played the game kind of motivated that team around him 
to keep playing high ball along with Aaron Gibson. So him and Aaron Gibson were like the two two leaders. Because I remember McLaren, the receiver took a big hit, um, which was an illegal hit too, from uh, was it? Uh, I think it was uh, what's it, the kid from a house or um, Winfield Junior. Yep. Um, Winfield Junior. Big hit from him, and it was a you know it was a head hunting hit. And got up and he flexed. It was just that motor, that that momentum emotionally was there for the Washington football team. And Brady and them just could not, they were getting in there, keeping him getting him. The biggest thing with Brady, you know, and I know as offensive players, if you get him off his spot, he's gonna get frustrated and he's not gonna be accurate at all because he's a stand-up quarterback that's gonna get in that pocket and not move around and try to pick you apart. <clears throat> you remember those, you remember what you used to call those uh those when and Winfield Jr. or Winfield the second when he when he had that big hit you were talking about. Remember what we used to call those? Tackles. We just call them tackles. <laughs> right. We didn't call them head honey. We didn't call them penalties. We just call yeah. them tackles. Oh, yeah, he just made a tackle. Oh, that was a nice tackle. You might say <laughs> you nice. Know what I'm oh, that was a nice hit. He's like stands nice up, and, you know, you're like, all oh, right, stands up and does all the stuff. It's like, yes, because he just got tackled. That was it. That was the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, just the rule change. It just shows you, you know, yeah, not even <laughs> you took him about 10, 15 years ago. That's just oh, that's that's a nice hit. That, that, that's a good tackle. <laughs> now it's like, oh man. I know. Ooh, he almost killed the guy, and he's still this next game. I, this next game, I wasn't think I wasn't thinking. This, I thought the Chargers were going to win that game. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Vikings twenty on the Vikings. I thought the Chargers were going to win this in L A. They in L A. in their stadium twenty seven to twenty over the Chargers. So yeah, game like the Chargers is one of those teams in the league that they have experienced obviously any situation detrimental to winning a football game. Yes, the, I mean starting with the way Hubbard Justin got into becoming a quarterback for that team last year and Tyrod Taylor getting punctured, you know, was it lung puncture rib cracked by the staff and stabbed stabbed and basically said, Justin's like, Hey, they tell him, Hey bro, you got to play now. Like, let's go. <laughs> so to see them, you know, being in these, these tight games with teams that should, should be a win, you know, you don't take any team lightly, but knowing the Vikings coming to town, they got a row. I say they're probably the, hardest i want to say not the best coach defense but the hardest coach defense and their head coach being a defensive guy because you know he doesn't take it easy on them guys at all now um, i can't think of his name right now but he, you could yeah zimmer when he looks at the defensive players when they give up a score mm. <laughs> it's like they don't even want it's like if you look at him you're gonna turn to stone they he you know he's mad he, he is got hate in his heart, does he? yeah he is i could tell i'm like i'm not if i'm a linebacker for the vikings and the, and the team scores on me I'm like, I'm not even looking. I'm not even come talking to you. I'm talking to you tomorrow on Monday when we watch the <laughs> film because I already know you're not you're going to not nothing good coming out your mouth towards us because we just gave up six points. So, um, but for that, they fit to go out there. They they they're a grind team to get that win on, and, and that was a good victory for the Vikings and get some geared up for this game next week against uh, the Pack. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked so, about the Titan Saints game. The only thing I only thing I'd say is that yep, again another to. atrocious call. Leads to what what turns out to be the game deciding oh, uh, touchdown. So un- unfortunate that it was it was manipulated by the uh, by the referees. Yeah, I didn't get a catch in a, a lot of that other than that that bad call there, and then uh, uh, Simeon trying to Trevor Simeon trying to get the win yep. or at least t- the tie, the two point conversion just missed. Actually, uh, Ingram caught like it, if he would have focused, it looked like he he had the ball. It hit his hands. It got between both defenders, so it's just a few inches. And a little bit more focus, it's a touchdown, and that game is tied. So then we yep. don't know what happens uh, going into overtime. And then uh, we got Colts, Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin running back. Hey, He's good, he is. Man. 
he's nice. I mean, I'm liking, I've watched his games and he's not just the speed guy. He will drop his shoulder and he runs behind his pads the way a running back should. And he's, and he's doing it for his team along with a, a Carson Wentz that's playing smart football and he's healthy right now. Cause you know, you, you've seen him in the last few weeks, some of the games where you're like, what are you doing, dude? Like that, the, the, the sack in the end zone, kind of like Matt Stafford, like you're in the end zone, take the safety or, or try to throw it way out of bounds. Don't just throw it right where a DB or a defender could catch the ball. So a coaching matters. Wins. Coaching matters with him. There's some yes. some quarterbacks need to be coached. Some quarterbacks. Brett didn't need to be coached really after a certain point at least. Correct. By the time I got there, he didn't need to be coached. No, I mean that's the, that's about the time but, I got there. But <laughs> no. But some some quarterbacks need to be coached, and, and you can see what a difference having Frank Reich in his room or in in the building in his ear with a guy like Carson Wentz. He's a completely different. He's a completely different quarterback. I'm sure he's yeah. a different leader too. To be honest with you, I bet you. He's, I just think the way he walks around is probably different than it was his last couple of years in the Eagles. Yeah. And you got to remember, he's a young quarterback still. I mean, you look at his time on the field in Philly, which was what is 21 now. So we're wanting like, what, 20, 2018, 2019, when, or 2018 when they won the Super Bowl, um, when Philly won. And he got hurt, remember, in November of that year, was out for the rest of the year. Nick Foles comes in, wins the Super Bowl. Then he starts in, uh, um, Wentz starts the next season, but he, you know, he kind of has that rough start. Nick Foles is, I believe, he's on the bench again. So yeah, it was just so really the experience on, on the field, he's still developing into that, like you said, uh, a developing leader. And it's good that Frank Wise in his back pocket. And then we we already talked about this Patriots game, 45 to seven. Yep. We're like, what? In the, I was like, what in the French toast is going on? Like, oh my goodness. But like you said, good coaching when you have that and good players that are willing to buy in. With that, you know, that's the last thing I'll say about that right there. You got good players that are buying into a good coaching staff. Obviously, as you know, with Bill Belichick, he's not going to be your best friend, but he's going to be a guy to get you right on the football field. You just got to believe that and know that and not take it to, you know, get all emotional. Oh, man, he's not, you know, buddy-buddy with me and all this. Some, some coaches are like that, you know. They're like that. But if you understand, you respect what they do as a job, you know, they get you ready to play, then you got to respect that much. Everyone talks about players, coaches, like play, like to me, and I'm different, I suppose, but like players, coaches to me was like, hey, who's going to make me the best? That's all I would really care about. You, know, you right. look back at your, you look back at your career. It's like, do you like the guy that was like buddies with you, or do you like the guy that made you the best player? You know, yeah. I, when you think, when you think about, look back at the the scope of your life, you're probably long term, you're probably more interested in who made you the best player, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that. Uh, you, you probably have to, you have to walk in those shoes to understand that, but yeah, um, it's. I mean, listen, you go to this next team, you got you 45 yeah. to 17 bills over the Jets, and you just go, yeah. okay, well, I could be with the Jets right now. Like, you know, it's like, you know, True. You know what or, I mean? Like, or the Lions I, right I, now. But yeah. it, it, might, it might be miserable to go to work on Mondays with, with, with Bill in, in the film room, but I could be with the Jets right now. Right. I'd rather, yeah, I'll take that miserable. Like I said, I like with Zimmer, like I mentioned with Zimmer, I wouldn't look at him during the game because I already know I got to face him on Monday. So I'll deal with it on Monday. I don't want to get, get all frustrated with him, you know, berating me on the sidelines during the game. But practice film, game film, that's a whole different world because obviously I'm, he's making me better. He's going to call me out on all my mistakes. And with some of them, I already know. You know, I knew when I messed up and you knew that for yourself. When you messed up, you knew right away you didn't have to have a coach yelling at you on the sidelines. I think that happened one time with Jags when Jags was on the staff and he, he tried to yell at me for a fumble. And what he didn't know was when I was – you know, coming off the field, and I knew right away I was mad. I beat myself up. I'm yelling at myself, cussing myself out. 
and Egger and Sly and Sylvester Crooms, they knew don't let him let him on steam for him. Let he got to let him cool down. He's mad at himself. So if you come in in that cool off phase, we don't know what's going to happen. So don't cool approach. <laughs> don't approach AG at that time. And that's what happened to Jax. He came off. He came at me. In that cool off phase, the Jags, if everybody doesn't know, is a, was a, I think it was the tight ends coach at the time, right? He was the tight ends coach, not the running yeah. back. Coach. Yeah, not the running the back. Tight ends coach. coach. So Stay I gave him that smoke. Off my lawn. So yeah, get <laughs> off my lawn. I say Jags and coaches that are not your position <laughs> players don't coach your position. Coach your position. That's what I said to him. I said him in. I said to him in so many words. Some of the words I'm not going to say right now. In so many words, go coach your tight ends. Don't worry about me right now. Edgar Bennett, Sylvester Crooms, and my guys, they'll they'll come up to me in a minute and correct me. Back up. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, oh, hey, I'm sorry to mind. I'm like, well, yeah, you came here at the wrong yeah. time, bro. I, I bet you had I bet you had a box of chocolates or something on your front door, man. He's <laughs> so, he probably did. He's he better. He better. And so this next, <laughs> <laughs> this next game here is a Panthers Cardinals. You got Cam Newton back yep. in the Carolina Panthers uniform. So I think that was a good motivator, I say, for the team overall and the organization. But then obviously he showed up on the field. I mean, literally, he started the game. I'm not, is uh, Darnold hurt? I don't know. I can't. I didn't so he's out for the year. So he he's been okay. PJ Walker split time. And I don't, That's I didn't right. see I the game, right? You just kind of see the stats and it's all about Cam. But yeah, I, I mean, but, you know, Cam said, hey, don't make this all about me. P.J. Walker did a great job. The one thing that was interesting right. about this game to me, I thought that this was a complete, like, let's make the fans happy. Let's make sure people keep coming to the games. And that's why mm. they brought in Cam. Mm-hmm. Only because for, for an organization to admit they made a mistake. It's, it's, it's special. Yeah, it's you don't only hear been that. 18 months, man, right? Something right. like that, right? 18 yeah. months, maybe Not less Not even than two years. Yeah, less than right. that. So in order for them to be like, wow, because they had him 18 months ago, and you hire Matt Rule, you got to bring in – like, it's almost like I have to bring in a new quarterback now. We don't know if he's healthy or not healthy. Yeah, they, they think that to you don't have to do in, that, right. Yeah, right. for him to come back in, I was like, oh, this is a this is a gimmick, right? Not that he's not talented, but mm-hmm. just because, like, it's very hard they to They kind of need it. That a general manager, a head coach is like, oh, shoot, okay – we made a mistake. We should, we probably should have just stuck with him. Like we, we didn't probably need to go get Sam Darnold. We could have probably just kept cam, made sure he was healthy and we'd be a lot better off than we are right now. You know what I mean? So I was like, that was good. You know, hats off to the Carolina Panthers for being able to say, Hey, like I made him, we made him an organizational error by doing business the way that everybody else thinks that we're supposed to. Right. Hey cam, you're our guy. You've always been our guy. Come back. And like, now I hope like it's hard not to be a cam Newton fan. I hope yeah. he can. I hope he can finish his career with Carolina. I hope so too, at a high level. And also, I I agree with you. You know where the organization had to you know apologize, but they said, you know what, we got caught up in going doing what all of the other teams do. You know when they got a guy, it, it don't have to be the quarterback position, but just a guy that's been doing really good for the team, and then he has a few years, or it's a coaching change like what happened. We got to bring, we got to overhaul other positions just because of the coaching change, because we know this coach coming in is a defensive minded coach. So we're going to, you know, let some of our D linemen go, you know, cause they, he's going to bring in his guys or he wants to draft his guys or sign or offensive coach where he wants to bring in a quarterback, his quarterback or draft his quarterback or draft his running, you know, and then to a pop that's big for organization. Cause usually yeah. you don't hear that. You don't hear organizations saying, you know, we made a mistake. We apologize or, you know, this was on us. You don't hear that from them to hear that Twitter. I say as a player to hear that, that makes me feel a lot better. If I'm playing right now for the Carolina Panthers, 
I'm feeling a little bit, there's a little, little, you know, I'm getting a little warmness inside. Like, okay, you know, you don't hear that from the team. And so hope those players understand that the young players don't really know because they just been getting that, I say new first couple of years in the league, but that is special to hear that. And like I said, for me as a veteran, I'll be a little bit more motivated, go do my job. I'm already going to be motivated because I like to, I like to win fights, basically. <laughs> just like you, I like to win fights. I get in the fight. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose. So the next game here was another, just another crazy game because you got Broncos last week. They go down to Dallas, stomp a mud hole in the Cowboys. Then they go back home and they let the Eagles. So they go AFC East. They win. They get AFC East back home and they get beat up by the Eagles 30 to 13, a young team, a Jalen Hurts led team there. And Devontae Smith has some good catches there. A guy that frustrated me only because I didn't I was like, oh, he's on my fantasy. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a bencher, you know, Broncos yeah. defense. Da, da, da. And then, boom, he has two touchdown catches. He kills me. Got 20 points sitting on the bench. I'm like, dang, gosh. It kind of shows you, like, the AFC. I, I don't Maybe AFC's not that good this year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I mean, the Eagle and the Eagles are one of those teams where they got some pieces. Um, Jalen Hurts is one of those guys. He's going to be streaky as a passer. But he can create a lot of things with his legs, and he can't. And he, yeah, he when you're streaky, you have 40, ups and 30, downs, 30, right? So you can have good games and bad games. So mm-hmm. I just think if I'm a Denver Broncos player, and I see that when when they do that that fumble recovery to the house, or I think it was fumble recovery to the house. It was yeah, Darius Slay Jr. And yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is right there and doesn't try to make a dude. Play, dude. I, I mean, I'm just telling you for me personally, because Teddy Bridgewater to me is not that guy, like. <sighs> He's not he's not an untouchable quarterback to me. Right. He's a guy who's not in the league right now. I'm just telling you. He he's not untouchable. I would be I'd be like, dude, you are not my quarterback. Are you kidding me? Bro, when I saw that, because I saw the return, but obviously it happened so fast, but they replayed it and they slowed it down. I was like, Yeah, you you can't listen, you shouldn't be on the field. I I was like, so man. You should not be on the field. That's that they they make movies about prima donna quarterbacks who pull that stunt. Right. You know what I mean? I mean? That was a bad and I, and I liked him up until that point. Like, not that I hate him. That's a strong word, but it's disappointment. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have no reason not to. Like, you're always rooting right. for a guy who's come back from injury. Exactly. He had a terrible like, dude, that injury. that was pathetic, man. That was potentially career-ending. And I – you're a football player. When the turnover happens, that's how I looked at myself. When we got an interception or even a fumble, and I was – if it was my fumble, even my fumble, when I remember one time I fumbled the ball and I – the guy who picked it up was right next to me. I tried to kill him. I'm like, yeah. bro, you know, I said, for one, I'm mad at myself because I fumbled the ball. But two, you're not about to score. I'm about to lay you out. I've been like that since high school. Like you, when I made a mistake, especially a turnover, whoever got that ball, if I'm near you, you're going to be about to get blasted. And it's like, I wonder how many quarterbacks like, would actually uh, just bail like that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know I, what you probably mean. half of them. Like probably, probably half of them probably they would, they you know? wouldn't admit it they wouldn't say it in the conversation yeah. but if you but were in the exact position where like he was literally he could have reached out and just like tagged him right like if you're in that exact I wonder how many guys would be like man I'll just give him the points I wonder yeah. I know I'm laying them out I'm I remember since high school I remember we had an interception my sophomore year and the, the the safety running down the sideline that he and he didn't see me I saw him I lay I hit that dude so hard he <laughs> I was like bro this is what you get for throw, trying to get Brett in, Brett was that? Yeah, Brett, I know Brett sure. would hit him. Our guy, you know what I mean? Our guy, Jake Delone would have hit him. I know that Jakey would have hit him. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We know the quarterbacks that would have did it. Uh, Jim McMahon, he would have hit him. 
Oh my god. I don't know if you could have caught him. Jim wasn't very oh, fast. He's a piece. <laughs> hey, how about Mahomes last night? Last game of the night at 41 points, man. He had like five touchdowns, 400 yards. He it played. looked like but you know what's funny is like the margin for error for them is so narrow. Like he had a couple of plays where it should have been picked. Yeah. He had a couple of plays like jump balls with the running back, just made a great play. And you start yes. going like, oh yeah, that's how they that's how they score all these points. You know what I mean? It's not that it's not that he's not amazing. It's not any of that stuff, but it's, right. it's almost like, okay, so that could have been a turnover and that could have not been a touch. All of a sudden you go, okay, well, there's 14. You start doing the math and you're like, all right, well, that's all that's been missing. It's just like, it's just like, it's almost like a little bit like magic, like pixie dust or something that works. And sometimes he didn't bring the bag, man. <laughs> magic pixie dust. I like that. Tinkerbell on the other team or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah. But yeah, to your point. So like with the big throw to uh, Darren Williams, it was a high throw that, he made he gave his teammate a chance to make a play basically mm-hmm. and then you look at early in the game why you get to five touchdowns i think part of it is out because i watched the first half of that game you get you get um pat mahomes in rhythm you get you get him throwing these short passes to, to kelsey to the running back where then he's in his he's like he knows okay he knows his time is ball snap then boom 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 two steps or two counts balls out when you get on that rhythm i think that's so important with a veteran quarterback to get them going early you know, especially and I, and I learned this with myself when Coach Sherman, Mike McCarthy would get me to it. I would just I, I wasn't asking for it, but I think later in my career I did. I had enough leverage to ask, say, hey, can I get three, two, three carries early in this drive? Then I guess because I just want to get contact. That's all I need. I want to get that contact out the way because then, all right, I know how the linebackers cutting coming. I know how my linemen are going to get into the run fence. Then I'm in a rhythm. Two or three hits. That means I got to be getting five, 10 yards of carry. Just let me get contact. Let me hit a guy. Let me get in that game, fill the game. And then also let that defense know, hey, this is what the game's going to be for the next three and a half hours. Same with the quarterbacks. Let me just throw a short pass. They don't have to be, you know, that game winning. Okay, a, a five yard here, a screen here. All right, I'm in rhythm or another play. Let's go a, a slant. Boom. All right, good. I'm good now. Now I see how the DBs are playing. Once you get those players, certain players in rhythm, like a Pat Mahomes, that's what you saw towards the whole end of the game. And he was more, more, I say more confident. Obviously, the same throws they've been doing all year, as we know, we've been getting picked on. And, and uh people are like, oh, now we're figuring out the Chiefs, but it's like you still got to play, you got to make those plays, not just figure them out and be like, okay, I'm here in the position, but this player might out jump me like the like Darren Williams did for that one big throw over the top. Yeah, man. It was it was uh hey, it's good to see. It just makes you wonder what, what it's gonna be like the rest of the year. Certainly, we we said last week that. They need to probably drop 40 in order to get kind of off that off That's that can. So now we'll see how the rest of the year goes, see if they can kind of make a push and, and see what they do. They're still two-time, you know, AFC champs right now. Right. So AFC one way or another, we'll probably, they'll probably be there in the end. I don't think it's – Yeah, it's going to be at the end. I say week – yeah, week 17, which is going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting. Not even week 17. Within that two-and-a-half-week period from, like, the week before Christmas to week 17 – so like week 14, that's going to be some good football because we got a lot of these teams in every division, I believe, that are one game apart. Yep. You know, it's five and four, four and five, five and five, six and four. It's a lot of teams right now sitting in that position. It's teams in the NFC North, the NFC West, the AFC South. You know, there's teams that are all basically is that parity there. So in the last month and a half, have two and a half weeks of this season it's going you're going to see some probably we mentioned college football rules but we're going to see some college football playing because then guys going to be playing for pride and the paycheck is like 
it's going to be non and void because it's like, all right, we trying to get more, get to the playoffs and, and win and get another chance to either, you know, get to the playoffs or Chiefs trying to get there to the Super Bowl again. Packers, hey, we've been 13 and three the last two years. Those teams are going to start separating themselves and we'll see, you know, where they're going to end up in this last two and a half weeks. That's going to be fun football to watch and talk about, I believe. So for today's show, we are done. All right, Mike. Hey, man, I had a good time today. Good information. Good uh, knowledge to the game. And so we got next week's game. I mentioned a couple of times we could talk about it a little bit here. Got Packers going to the Vikings U.S. Bank Stadium, a stadium I haven't physically been at been in yet. But I heard it's really nice um, <laughs> to look at on the outside. And uh, it's going to be a big game because like those Vikings, they just can't. Like I said, they're coming from L.A. with a big win over the Chargers. And so that's a confidence thing coming to this game and watching the film. They're going to see, you know, some of the little weak spots, but also good spots that they got to do with with playing the Packers next week, next uh, Sunday. Mike. Yeah, I think all the I think the injury list is going to be important for us being able to just understand yeah. who's going to be and see if we can get some guys back. Uh, certainly, I should just hope Gary can keep playing at the, and keep playing because he's been playing at such a high level, been such a, yep. a, a spark plug for the for the for the defense. Maybe we'll get Bakhtiari back and then shuffle that line around a little bit. The Vikings have played a lot of games that were within one touchdown. And yes, they've been doing that. It lot. seems like they've been doing that forever. And it, it's just, just an, another year where they're having a lot of, even when they lose, they're, they're, they're putting themselves in positions to be successful. It's a sign of a well-coached team, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is going to be a tough game. Um, you know, I think we're probably, listen, if, if the Packers win a handful of these games upcoming, they're already in the playoffs. I mean, our division's so, you know, when you look at the, the Bears and the Lions, it's really the, the Vikings are the only people that can catch them if we if we keep this up. So this is an important right. game from that standpoint. We need to win all our NFC games because that bye week is going to be huge. You start looking towards the playoffs and yep. you know just another week to prove yourself if you're a uh, if you're one of these young guys, especially on this defense, just prove that you're for real and, and another opportunity to shut down what is usually a pretty uh, high powered offense. Dalvin Cook, obviously, got some great receivers. John Jefferson outside Thielen. Mm-hmm. Um, their quarterback is not my favorite quarterback in the world, but <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> he can throw, throw it a little bit. So I think we can beat up on their offensive line. Um, and uh, I think, you know, from a, from an offensive standpoint, there's a lot of things we can do running downhill against them, especially if Dylan's going to be playing, we can do a lot of power football. I think against this team, their linebackers are undersized. So I'm excited with the opportunity. I know they have two good safeties. They've had them for a couple of years now. Harrison Smith's been one of the yeah, best players. He's a in solid the game. guy. Solid yeah. Safety. So, they're very, very good. So the, the passing game, you know, we're going to have to really try to mask our, mask our intentions. But um, listen, Minnesota, I, I always thought Minnesota was our real rival, right? That For me, they yeah. were our real rival. So I, I always like this game. It's fun to watch. You know, obviously uh, playing up at, at U.S. Bank Stadium, that new faci- facility is is a phenomenal facility that the uh, people don't know this, but we had to watch the tape from, from the old Metrodome that the mm-hmm. the tape was actually like shaking when you had to yes watch it. So i remember watch that the tape like you almost had to watch the tape like you had that shake like this you can keep up with the screen man because it was so loud in there it was actually vibrating, vibrating. Cameras, yep but yeah man looking forward to this game certainly been uh, yeah, hey, and, and had a good had a good uh time talking with you today but yep yep so big game next week for the pack on the road against the vikings and you said everything so i don't need to say no more what they need to do to win that game or be in it or get in there I say get in a position to win that game against the head coach Zimmer. That's the head coach out there in uh, in Minnesota. So everybody tune in. I say you could go on uh, social media. Our social media is on underscore my underscore block. That's on Twitter. Uh, my uh, handle on Instagram and Twitter is Amon Green 30, all one word. And Mike, uh, let everyone know where to find you. 
on your socials. You hit me up at Unrivaled ESS on Twitter or Process to Perform on Instagram. All right, so we'll be back next week with On My Block, a Green Bay, a Green Bay Packer podcast with myself, Amon Green, and Mike Wall, and we will catch you next week. Peace out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.